WebmasterRadio.fm program is made possible in part by the following. Today's forecast calls for 6 to 12 inches and temperatures will only be in the teens overnight, so bundle up and... Imagine, you're planning your end-of-year reports, planning for next year. What are you going to do to monetize more in 2011? We're going to have clear and sunny skies with a perfect day of weather for everyone coming to AFCON 2010. Warm up your marketing strategies this December in our winter oasis for affiliate marketers. AFCON 2010 Florida, December 8th through 10th at the Fairmont Turnberry Isle Resort in Aventura, Florida. Sign up now at AFCON2010.com. That's AFFCON2010.com. The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the Internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Good morning or afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. It is Thursday, September the 16th. And uh, Dave, I'm uh, I'm joining you from your time zone. I'm uh, I'm in sunny, gorgeous, uh, kind of weird San Diego, California. How you doing today, bro? I'm doing fantastic. You describe it that way. And I look out my window and think the only similarity is time zone. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm glad you're having some nice weather there. <laughs> yeah, I've heard it's turned most foul up there in the Pacific Northwest. Um, you know, interestingly, I'm probably going to be joining you up there pretty soon. I know. I, 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 I very strongly am moving back to Victoria. Later uh, in the show, but, uh, yeah, I look forward to having you, uh, having you back in this neck of the woods. Yeah, and speak, speaking of later in the show, we have a action-packed, full show today. We have um, one of the uh, we have one of the uh, uh, great Twitter experts, uh, Christine Challenger. Um, you might, listeners might remember her from uh, last summer when uh, the Green Revolution in Iran was, was on. She was instrumental in freeing up proxy servers and uh, uh, helping people on the streets of Tehran get word out um, on, on what was happening there, and we're going to be talking about Twitter's new platform, the uh, split screen with the interesting stuff happening over on the on the right-hand pane. And uh, But before we get there, I think we have a couple of other things to talk about. There's some Google updates we want to uh, touch on. Um, want to talk a little bit about Bing and their uh, meteoric rise to number two or number three, if you, if you count YouTube as an actual search engine. And, uh, dude, like, speaking of time flying, you know there's, like, less than uh, a week left of summer? I know. I know. I, I, feel, uh, I feel like like Charlie Brown in, uh, in, the Christmas, uh, in their Christmas special with the uh, music playing and the head hung low. Um, <laughs> you know, I, mean, I guess that's, that's just where, I'm, where you are. I mean, you, you've got some, some fantastic weather, so this is just something, I guess, uh, you know, up here uh, above the 49th that uh, 
uh, we don't look forward to quite uh, quite as much until we start to hit skiing season. But we won't bother getting into that. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, up up in uh, Vancouver Whistler area, when it hits ski season, suddenly the temperature rises, and uh, you know, we get those <laughs> embarrassing Olympic moments where we have oh, to truck that snow. Only happens when we've invested um, billions of dollars to host the world. Don't worry, we'll have a fine year this year. <laughs> but you know, you know, another way you can tell that like time is just flying by. How is that? SCS Chicago is coming up in just over a month. Um, I guess it was a. a a quick spot for it just before we came on the air. SES Chicago has moved forward, my friends. It's no longer going to be a um, brass monkey of a conference. It's actually going to be, um, you know, mildly, uh, well, mildly tolerable on the streets of Chicago. Um, October 18th, 22nd at the Chicago Hilton. Anyone who hasn't signed up yet, the hell's the matter with you? Get, get it together. SES Chicago is um, it's a smaller show than, than say, New York or um, Connected Marketing Week in San Francisco, but it's, in my mind, um, well, it's, it's traditionally been my favorite of the SES shows, and uh, I'm going to be there, as will uh, two, of my, two of my partners at Digital Always Media, Lindsay and Alan, and um, really, really looking forward to uh, seeing as many people out there as possible. It's, it's going to be a great show, and I mean, at what other show can you answer the question, where can I have a martini at, I don't know, 8 billion feet uh, above that, the ground? Dude, <laughs> that was a fun day. Um, just so uh, so uh, guests have an idea of what we're talking about. I have this weird tradition. Whenever I'm in a new city, um, the city I've, I've uh, either not visited, I've a city that's rather new to me, I try to find the highest perch to have a drink in. So uh, was it, what was it? it wasn't last year. It was two years ago we did this act. Uh, and it was, Dave uh, suggested we go to the Hancock like Building, which crazy. apparently has the highest bar in Chicago, and that was a totally fun trip. Yeah. Though I got to admit to getting vertigo, just just being in the elevator, I was getting vertigo. <laughs> it's too much fun, too much fun, and you know it was at a, it was even later in the year at that point, so you needed something to warm yourself up in Chicago in November. But there we are. Uh, oh no, that that was actually mid December, and yeah, you know, walking the streets of Chicago in mid December is um, bone chilling. Yep, yep. But some great music, but, but and, and that's of course, a great conference. <laughs> always um, an amazing show. And you know, speaking yeah. of stuff that gives you vertigo and makes your head spin, Webmaster World and Digital uh, Digital Point Forums are reporting a rather significant. Uh, change in page rank values, at least the page rank values that are shown by the toolbar, which, you know, are for entertainment purposes only, but <laughs> clearly something's shifting. What's, what's your opinion on that? Indeed. Um, I have had ground out of me, and, and I guess rightfully so, um, to, to pay a little less attention to, um, you know, what that green bar is reporting, and, you know, for, for a variety of reasons, not the least of which is I've seen so many cases where, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's inaccurate um, and, and clearly inaccurate. Um, but I try not to put too much stock in it. Like, who, who doesn't love to see that little green bar elevate a, a point or two? And, you know, who doesn't go eek when they see it go down a point or two? Um, uh, of course, we do pay attention. I have seen it hitting sites. There isn't as much rhyme or reason. Um, I, I wouldn't call it, I, I have read of these, you know, quite dramatic shifts and, and these sorts of things. I don't know if it's because we don't engage in, in 
in paid linking or, or something like that. Um, none of the clients that I've monitored, and I've monitored quite a few, um, have seen dramatic shifts. It was more like predicted, okay, and it was an update, and here's what, what would have, you know, here's what we expected to happen. You went from zero to two, you know, that's about right for where we're at here or, or whatnot. Um, what is more interesting to me, um, and it really started to hit last night slash this morning, is um, is the actual algorithmic or, 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 or ranking-based update. Um, I've always tried to, to stress, or, or at least recently tried to stress to clients that it's not. The question isn't what is your page rank, it's how does your page rank. Um, <laughs> and so, of course, this is what's, what's more interesting to me. And unfortunately, I haven't seen much rhyme or reason between what we're seeing on that green bar and, and what's happening in, in, uh, in the ranking shift where um, we're seeing clients, I've got one client who slipped three positions, um, but whose page rank in the green bar actually had gone up, and he's ahead of all of his competitors, uh, well, except for one, Wikipedia, um, you know, and, and sites where the green bar just held steady and, and they're, you know, cascading up and, and beating out sites that have, you know, visual page ranks of three and four, um, and these clients have a two, right? So it, it, it's further reinforcing the, the disconnect between the real world and page rank, the, the green bar page rank. Um, I mean, certainly that was, was made very, very clear when, when Google, you know, officially pulled it out of their Webmaster Tools reporting. I don't even think they should have it anymore, in my opinion, but... Um, you know, if they're going to tell well, us you know, it's just, not important, just well, tell well, us. While we're thinking along those lines, um, I've always had a weird relationship with that little green bar. I've yep. seen it as a value of link, uh, you know, a way to value links leaving pages I'm working on more than Google's opinion of the page that I'm, you know, of, uh, of the domain or site itself. Um, let's remember, I mean, this is all about the value of links, the, the, the way a... Uh, connection from, uh, say, my page to yours will affect your page. Um, I never really, I've always had a hard time seeing it as a reflection of the value Google sees in my content or the page I'm working on, but the value Google sees in the connection that, that I'm making when I link from, uh, say, Digital Always to Beanstalk. You know, and that, in, in that context, I think it is a great use of it. Um, I know sometimes I'll be, uh, I'll look through, and I'm sure, you know, most of our listeners, if not all, have SEO Quake installed, if you don't get it. Um, and it'll allow you to, to fire in the, the page ranks of all, you know, of the top ten sites right into a set of search results. Um, and I will glance at that when I'm looking at, at sites, you know, quickly over the phone trying to gear the competition and go, you know, I wouldn't trust what it's reporting on one. I wouldn't trust what it's reporting on two. But when I see what it reports on ten, okay. You know, and now I'll, I'll put a little bit of faith into a factor among many. You know, I'm also looking at, you know, all the backlinks for them and the ages for them and, and these sorts of things. But as a factor among others, yes, over aggregate data, it, it, it can be decent. And as you call um, there, looking at what is the value of this link coming out to me, yes, of course, you know, if that green bar is, is you know, up at, a, you know, the five, six, or seven, um, then you know that a link from there is going to be more valuable than if that green bar is at a, at a two. Whether that green bar is accurate or not, you know, we, we can get into the debate about it, but seven is, is so significantly higher than two, <laughs> you know you're, you're going to be getting a better result from it. So, You know, there's, uh, there's other interesting stuff happening around Google right now that, um, you know, it's got me scratching my head a little bit, wondering what they're thinking and what they're trying to do. 
apparently, and I, uh, you know, there's there's no actual sighting of this in the wild, but apparently, Google is um, getting a new social media play together, and uh, seems to me that those uh, that little upstart known as Twitter is actually pushing Google around uh, quite a bit. You know, they, they do seem to be, and I know we're going to be covering this further in, in, into the show with people who are more knowledgeable, say, on, on the subject. But at the same time, I mean, just looking at Google, like looking at it as you're calling it from a Google perspective, I mean, Google's feeding results from that little upstart um, right into, into their results. I mean, I'm seeing them even you know, as, as, as recently as this morning um, for phrases that I'm, I'm targeting, and they're, they're feeding in these, these Twitter results. So, um, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, as a reaction, if Google felt challenged. I mean, I know what I'd do. If I felt challenged by Twitter and I was Google, I'd just go, all right, we'll get rid of it, right? I mean, just, just get it out of my results. Um, so the fact that they're still leaving them in there tells me Google doesn't feel challenged um, by Twitter. So it, it'll be an interesting thing to see how that progresses. Um, I am looking forward to their new, their new interface, which I know we're, we're going to be getting into um, a little later in the show, so I won't talk about that right now. But um, I think Twitter's doing some fantastic things. I think they're, they're going to be uh, making great headway, whether they're going to be a challenger to Google, though. Um, I don't think so. I think they're, they're, they're just completely different things. I used to hate Twitter. I mean, you remember that. Talk to me two years ago. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, Twitter sucks. Um, I'm a bit of a convert. I actually use its search functions for specific searches, but not in place of Google. I, I, I wouldn't search on Twitter when I could have searched on Google. Um, so I think they're just they're different. It's now I have access to a different kind of information than I had before. I, I don't see Twitter impacting Google negatively at all. Um, and if they did, you just know Google's going to go and just make an offer and <laughs> just be done with it. So, um, well, yeah. you know, the days you remember, remember the old remember the old days of the of the Microsoft evil empire, and I'm I'm talking like um, back in the uh, early to mid '90s when they were busy curb stomping Netscape. Sort of fun stuff, sure do. Well, yeah, and, th- and those were the days when, if uh, Microsoft wanted you out of the field, they could. They had two methods. They, you know, they came along with a big bag full of money, and either you took the money right then and there, or you got ready to take your lumps. Now, I've, I've been, you know, like it's, we've all been sort of noticing Google acting the same way over the last uh, couple of years, and in, in its in its rapid ascendancy, and. I just got this gut feeling that with the new power, newfound power at Facebook, I mean, seriously, one in five internet users is now an active Facebook user, and, you know, the, the rise of Twitter and whatever social media applications are going to be following, I'm just not so sure that Google and the, well, and even the World Wide Web as we know it really has the power that it that that we imbue in it that we we perceive that it has now I mean this is like a little bit of future thought thinking like six twelve eight eighteen months into the future um, so you know I'm, I'm really I'm just I'm just pulling this out of my ear but um, just my gut sense says the dynamic is shifting and you know as 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 a good a good great search marketer that you are our energy goes where the users go right oh it certainly does. Um, one thing, I mean, and, and you can't have faith in any one 
Uh, not, not that you ever could, but you can't have faith in any one organization to fall suit. I can't count on Facebook, right? Nor can you. We've got to watch what they're doing, keep up with what they're doing, market when we can, and, and, and you know, uh, I'm still not head, uh, headlong into MySpace, right? I mean, <laughs> this is just the, the way of it, right? You need to, to change and adapt. I would predict, but I wouldn't lock into, but I would predict that what we're going to see is Google probably not acquiring, and, and Google may, you know, quote-unquote, lose some influence to, say, Facebook. I mean, if Facebook does it all right, doesn't keep picking us all off with privacy issues and violations, stuff like that, we can talk about Google's own issues and that, uh, you know, and their engineers. Picking us off there. Okay, yes. Google doesn't want to offer that service. They shouldn't offer that service. But what they could do is offer us a new way of interacting, like feeding Twitter results. If they can provide me a new way of interacting with Facebook. Don't try and be Facebook. Allow you know, create the interface for me um, to keep up with Facebook and Twitter and my search all in one place. I mean, I think that's the direction they're going to go because they don't want to create that necessarily. They don't want to host that necessarily. They just want to provide my access to it to keep my eyeballs there so they can feed my ads. Um, so if they can just provide the interface for me to deal with these properties. Uh, but then they're going to win in the end anyway. And I have a hunch that's the route they'll go because that's, well, that's the route that, that I'd go if I were them because it makes a lot more sense to just provide my interface rather than actually try and duplicate or buy the property itself. But um, Well, and, the, and this is what's, you know, I mean, yeah. And this is what's making me shake my head, uh, scratch my head, um, remove the little remaining hair that I have. Um, what are they thinking in Mountain View? Like, you, uh, you, you, you get this great, Hamburger. Everyone wants your hamburger. It's the most delicious hamburger in the whole world. And then suddenly you see somebody else come out with a hamburger that a lot of other people like, and so you copy their recipe. I mean, this is like, you know what? Sometimes I think Google is following the, the 1980s Coca-Cola strategy. Hey, let's just, you know, introduce this new flavor, and uh, damn, nobody likes it. <laughs> you know, well, you're right, that doesn't make sense. Now, what I think, what I have a hunch Google will do... Um, if they they would kind of be left with two options, would be go and and um, and and directly um, purchase this other hamburger stand to sell to sell that burger as well, um, or what I have a hunch they'll do using using your analogy there would be to also allow me to buy that guy's hamburger from my stand. You can buy mine, you can buy his, you can buy them both from my stand, but I'm going to sell you the Coke. Right, so if I can just provide everything at one point, you may still profit off your thing, but I'm going to profit off the add-ons. Um, and I have a hunch that's the direction they'll go. It's just a guess, of course. We need to we need to watch closely what what happens as we go along. As as responsible marketers, that's our job. But um, I have a hunch that's probably the take they're going to take uh, moving forward on this one because it just makes the most sense. I can't see them wanting to put the resource into actually controlling um, these properties. Now, I may be wrong in that they're also collecting massive amounts of user data, right? especially Facebook. Right? I mean, we know Google oh. loves that. So, I mean, that's the only thing that I can see tipping um, and, and, and creating a slightly different environment is if they went, yeah, we, also, we do want the advertising revenue, but we also want the data. Um, and if they want that data, then I could see them just going straight for, a, straight for a buyout. Right now, it does make more sense to keep them separate because people will trust one or trust the other. Right? I mean, Go Facebook isn't Google, so... I, I, I will view them differently and, you know, provide different data to both. And then, you know, if Google eventually goes, okay, now we're just buying Facebook. Well, okay, now they've got just just a massive influx of, of, of new data to, to base their advertising trends on. But 
Um, and, and we know, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure you remember our past conversations. I love Facebook's advertising. I mean, I think it's just, it's just awesome. Um, their ability uh, it, to really tailor ads. Facebook advertising is rocking and rolling. Uh, great leads, great conversion rate, uh, you know, uh, the recommendation uh, factor and all that. And speaking of advertising, we've <laughs> hit that 20-minute mark. Actually, we've kind of gone over that 20-minute mark, and we have to take a commercial here on web call, a commercial break here on Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. So I'd just like to remind people that I'm Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, and with Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, you're listening to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. Stay tuned. We're coming back to talk about the new Twitter with one of the preeminent Twitter experts, uh, Christine, Christine Sassinger. And uh, folks, stay tuned. We'll be back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. 250000 dollars in cash prizes and all year long revenue share is what you can win when you enter the 2010 Internet Marketing World Cup competition. All competitors are rigorously screened to ensure the best competition and the best possible results. Before you tell others how to make it work for them, prove that your system actually works. Build your reputation in the competition that puts your system to the test and proves you are the best of the best. Sign up at www.internetmarketingworldcup.com. That's www.internetmarketingworldcup.com. Registration ends soon, so put your system to the test today. Hey, uh, Christine? Yes. Okay, and Jim, can you hear Christine? I can hear her perfectly. We don't have dead air happening, do we? No, no. I put us on the uh, autopilot for a second just to make sure you can hear each other. It's Shackinger. Is that correct, Christine? That is correct, Jim. Thanks. I'm so sorry, sweetie. I mangle the name White. I <laughs> That's <call> okay. <laughs> Everybody mangles my last name, so it's all right. Yeah, but you know what I've heard, uh, Jim? Some radio people, if you just say the name really... A, a name that's hard to pronounce really fast, it makes it sound like you know what, what you're saying. I actually nice. do that in um, conversations with people. <laughs> like the the Iranian like the Iranian president, Mahmoud Ahmadinejad, and it just sounds like you said, you just said his name right. Exactly. Uh, that's so insane. <laughs> when it's actually Ahmadinejad. All right, I'll get back to the... Uh, let's get back to this. Ahmadinejad, huh? Yes. Hang on, here okay. we go. <laughs> Looking for recurring commissions? Upsell products? ClickBank's got them. And best of all, you can make up to 75% commissions. Ready to become the next ClickBank success story? Sign up now for free at ClickBank.com. Are you ready to get LinkedIn? We're rocking the world with LinkedIn. One show at a time. Fearless leaders, Mike and Lori, as they reveal insider secrets, chat with other LinkedIn gurus, and answer your LinkedIn questions. For those about to get LinkedIn, we salute you. This is your chance to get inspired and use LinkedIn to help you rock the world too. Rock the world with LinkedIn. Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. 
commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Howdy, y'all. Welcome back to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm for Thursday, September the 16th. Um, before we jump into our next segment, just want to make a quick, uh, a, oh, I guess a quick endorsement. Um, that show on LinkedIn. Check it out. These are two of the most passionate, interesting, um, hilarious folks. We met them at uh, AFCON in Denver in um, mid-June. God, that seems like forever ago. Um, Mike, Laurie, I so look forward to hearing your show. I uh, really appreciated meeting you. And uh, really, uh, I, I know they're going to be amazing, amazing members of the Webmaster Radio family. But speaking of family... An amazing, amazing techie and an amazing person. We have on Christine Schackinger, one of the preeminent Twitter experts. Uh, again, uh, Webcology fans and listeners might remember Christine on our show. Um, well, actually, it was around this time. I think it was last summer, just after the, uh, just after and and and. and Towards the tail end, at least, of the green revolution in uh, in on the streets of Tehran and the, the streets of uh, of Iran, um, Christine was instrumental in helping um, demonstrators, activists, uh, people who wanted real democracy in Iran to get the message out to the rest of the world. While the repressive regime was uh, doing their best to silence, censor, and in many cases shoot demonstrators. Christine, you've done the world of service many times over, and I'd like to welcome you to Webcology. Oh, thank you, Jim. <laughs> I feel so humbled. <laughs> well, I, I, likewise, I'm. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm a strong admirer of yours. But before your work with, before your work with the with the the activists in the Green Revolution, but I'm humbled in your presence because of that work with uh, the way you. Just, gave of yourself 20 hours a day to try to help so many people and well you've become again because of that one of the twitter files um preeminent twitter files and i gotta ask new twitter what do you think <laughs> um well, I, I i can say i've only um gotten to see it through screenshots and then reading what people have been talking about i have not um unfortunately been one of the ones that's been rolled out too um I would say that for uh, people that have been using Twitter on the webpage, I think it's 13%. It's going to be a, a huge uh, step up for those people because there's been virtually no functionality on the website. And I think when I have to use the website, it's going to be a better user experience. However, I don't think I'll probably move off of using the applications because although the richer media experience is there, I still rely on all the functionality of a, the web app that I use, which is TweetDeck. Well, I mean, that's... Uh one of the lines of question that's running through my mind is what happens to those applications? Now that Twitter has this extra functionality, do we have all the application developers um, busy furiously reading the um, terms of use of the API and trying to figure out how they too can uh, start to, I guess, take advantage of um, uh, Twitter's newfound press? I would think they'd want to. Yeah, sure, definitely. Um, I think that uh, it would I think it would behoove Twitter to be developer friendly since the reason Twitter I believe exists is because of those app developers uh, if you re remember when Twitter first came around the website was just merely like a box on a page 
and you would tweet something and you had no idea where it went or how to follow somebody or how to direct message anybody. There was no instruction really to find. I actually had to go to people in real life to find out how to actually use the program. So if it hadn't been for TweetDeck and uh, things like Hootsuite and Seismic, I would never have used Twitter. So uh, I think that it would um, behoove them to be a bit more friendly to the developers. And I'm not sure that that's what's happening right now. Why don't we take a step back and just explain to listeners, um, what is the difference? What is Twitter doing? What's, what's all the hullabaloo about? Well, I don't know that I've seen an actual list of all the additional functionality. So I don't know if this is mostly just rich media additions or a lot of functionality changes. So the rich media additions are you'll be able to click on uh, a tweet and you'll be able to see information about the user. You'll see information, um, the video like actually embedded in the tweet, sort of like Facebook. Some of the people that have retweeted it, um, you know, pictures, maps, things of that nature will be right present on the right side of the screen. So that's a much more rich media experience, sort of like I imagine a um, app would look on the iPad. Uh, and that's what I think others have equated it to. So I think that's where the, the experience gets better for anybody using the website. However, I don't know that there's an extreme amount of functionality change. And there's still the stability issues with Twitter with it going down and the fail whales whenever it has overusage. I don't think that's been addressed. And if I well, could be wrong. But. I mean, aside from some, some major world event or um, the passing of a mega celebrity like Michael Jackson or Justin Bieber showing up in town. Three um, percent <laughs> of all Twitter usage. <laughs> You're kidding me, really? Yeah, no, that was a statistic that came out a week or two ago. It's, it it's, Justin, it's Justin Bieber related. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we're definitely going to be having some bandwidth issues with... Um, Justin Bieber videos showing up on the right head pedal in the Twitter stream uh, on the Twitter uh, screen. That's um, I'm, it's 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 stunning. I just I'm I'm losing my voice over this. Thanks. <laughs> what does well, this do for uh, for the business end of Twitter? Is uh, how are they going to monetize this? Oh, you're asking questions I don't have the answer to yet. <laughs> I haven't had a chance to do all the research on that. I know it is supposed to help with the monetization of Twitter. Uh, I don't see that there's an ad ad integration at this point, but I imagine that's coming, of course. And then they've partnered with um, companies to allow that integration of the rich media experience into Twitter itself. So you don't have to do the things like you do on Facebook where you have to do a permissions check or the OAuth outside of the website. Twitter is becoming a mainstream communications channel. I've uh, I've heard it likened to um, well something as important as the function of email on the web. How has Twitter changed the way that like you communicate with your clients and the way you communicate with contacts, colleagues, and friends? I would say that with uh, the really nice thing about having Twitter is you don't have to obviously have people's email addresses or phone numbers or. You know, you don't have to have your uh, phone next to you to text them. Um, I, I did read something a bit concerning today. I don't know if you read this from uh, a blogger, and I, I have to say that I haven't been able to, I haven't had time to verify, but that the DMs that you send are actually available across the API. Well, I saw the tweet that you sent out about that. What's uh, what does that mean? Uh, that means that your direct messages are available to developers on the API, which I find a little bit. Uh, Concerning, uh, not just a little bit, kind of majorly. <laughs> so okay, a developer so. with a, a uh, with OAuth access 
on an API would have access to those. Now, it would log in Twitter's logs that you had asked for that information, but by that time you would have that information. So I don't know if that's, you know, a little barn after the horse kind of thing. Well, we're, we're, we're obviously going to have to chase that down uh, at Webmaster Radio, and I'm positive that, you know, somebody, uh, myself, Dave, uh, 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 one of the social media shows, what have you? We're gonna, we're, we are gonna chase that rumor down because that's that's most interesting. That's a privacy scandal of Facebook proportions. It is definitely, and the, I mean the the person that wrote it um, seems to be pretty uh, credible. I just haven't had a chance to verify, and I don't like to say something's true until I verified with several sources. Uh, but um, as far as Twitter has changed. Uh, I communicate a lot of times now a lot of my regular friends actually don't use it so I wouldn't say that Twitter is a mainstream as far as it has a lot of people that have signed up for accounts but I don't know I have a lot of friends who maybe have signed up but don't actually use it day to day but in my industry it helps me of course keep up with the day-to-day changes in uh, SEO and social media uh, especially nowadays it can change several times a day uh, so I keep my Twitter up and I watch those changes, you know, I watch what MacPats, Danny Sullivan, those people are saying. And then in addition, um, it helps keep up with friends locally that I don't get to see all the time because of my work schedule. Or uh, when I'm at a conference where we're going to go, like if I'm going to meet you, Jim, later, we just tweet instead of, you know, having to worry about getting everyone's phone number. Uh, or you may not have the number. You may not want to give someone your phone number. So Twitter allows you to have uh, access to somebody that you may not normally have access to or someone have access to you that you might normally not want them to have all your personal information. So I think it's a great communication tool. I know when I'm at a conference with Jim, the less time I can spend talking to him, the better. I mean, that's that's where I'm at there. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Dude! So, I mean, when I I first saw this, and and Christina, I'm I'm hoping for your your feedback here, or Jim, obviously I was kidding. Um, When I look at the new um, Twitter interface, I, I, Christine, I agree with you. I think I, it's not going to stop my use of TweetDeck. I use TweetDeck on my iPhone. I've got TweetDeck on, on, on my monitor as well. I'm pretty much running, like you, um, 24-7. Now, of course, you know, how often am I actually able to take the time to glance to it? You know, those pesky clients, you know, wanting to actually, you know, wanting me to work. I mean, that, that does stop my, my you know, distract me from, from the importance of Twitter feeds, of course. Um, <laughs> using Twitter as an actual search function. Um, which I know I do. I, I pass, you know, hear, hear fire trucks, you know, roaring around in Victoria. I would go to Twitter. Sadly, this is, this is what I do. Um, perhaps sadly. Now, with their new interface and the ability to get the information in a much cleaner format, as Jim pointed out earlier in the show, being able to get results without it now sending you off to new pages and, and, and having this, this information fed directly into you. Do you think this is going to impact their um, users' who would just use Twitter as search. I mean, and obviously that's going to be a key to them having the ability to monetize um, Twitter, would be attracting you know, straight people going to Twitter, running searches, trying to find information and filtering through that, what kind of way they'll, they'll put the advertising in, you know, has yet to be seen. But do you see that as, as, a, as a bonus to their new interface or maybe as a, as a reason uh, for them to change um, the user interface? Uh, the search functionality, you mean? They have richer experience? The search functionality and making it something that is better as a search, as a search tool, uh, as opposed to its current format, which is a little more difficult to use and filter through. Yeah, the truth is, um, prior to this change, the only reason I ever went to the website was to uh, do my follower lists. 
uh, or if I was stuck somewhere that I didn't have access to an application. Uh, I'll be honest, I'm an applications person when it comes to Twitter. I like having my 15 columns um, in TweetDeck that I can watch all day long and check on and come back and look at and scroll through and all that. Um, but as far as research, I don't do much searching with Twitter, to be honest. Uh, because I have my columns in TweetDeck, I can kind of just scroll through the day and look and see what came through on the people that I like to read. But I could definitely see that as being a positive. I do also see that, uh, I just did a little search while we were talking. Uh, BizStone says the new Twitter interface was not designed for monetization, but, quote, lends itself to advertising and revenue opportunities. <laughs> <That's kinda funny. laughs> so... <laughs> So it wasn't designed for monetization, but you know, <laughs> it was. Well, I, I, you know, I mean, I guess the same could be said for for anything. You know, I didn't actually design like my company for monetization. I designed it to get rankings for clients. However, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, very fun. I'm sure I, I do think the rich interface will. I think two either. things that'll change. One, I think there's a lot of. Um, someone pointed out to me yesterday on Twitter, and I'm sorry, I can't remember who it was, or I'd credit them. Um, of the amount of abandoned accounts because people get on Twitter and they don't know about the apps and they really don't know what to do with Twitter. They kind of, you know, get there and it's like, I was, right? What do you do with this site? I don't know how to follow people. I don't understand this. So I think the richer um, experience will really um, help increase people's retention and use of the actual accounts that they create. And then I think you're right with the search experience that people may actually go to search for information on um, even just people and what they tweet because uh, you can find out more information by the person or uh, for the richer experience on the page. But again, I, I don't see myself moving off an application to the page on, in general. What about you guys? Well, no, I, I, I am going to challenge you as soon as it is, is full force out there. I, I will ask it and, and, and to our listeners. I will report back on, on whether uh, Twitter can make a convert out of Christine here. Um, once you are seeing it, I, I'm going <laughs> to make you. <laughs> run, run more I'm than a couple searches on it. I'm an after I'm, uh, I'm not a cloud girl. I am going to exploit this like a black hat exploits an algorithm. <laughs> I can't help myself. It's there. Use it. <laughs> um, now, um, do you think that it might be a case, I mean, you talked about abandonment. Very good point. Do we maybe, uh, can Twitter regain those people who tried it and left because um, it was it was such a, a miserable um, experience for a lot of people. I mean, even you know yourself, myself. I mean, I consider myself fairly knowledgeable in how to use websites. <laughs> and 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 as as with you, I mean, both of us had troubles with the you know, and, and I still do. I, I I don't like interacting with Twitter at twitter.com. I like you prefer to use TweetDeck where I have my columns and it's very very easy to use and see your followers and this and that. Um, do you think they can grab back with a new interface some of the people that may have abandoned them before and, and, and maybe lure them back in to, to give it another try again? Or, you know, if, you know from, from your experience with these people, is it too little, too late? They, another shiny thing has flickered past and they're off on another tangent. Uh, my experience is that uh, people who leave websites don't generally come back unless they have a compelling reason. So if all their friends are using it, sure. Uh, otherwise, I probably would say a, a very low amount would. But um, if the new people come, we'll use it, I, I think. Uh, but, you know, for me, like simple things like if I can't do an edit retweet, I'm never going to use Twitter.com right, on any regular basis. So things like forcing the auto retweet, which is basically like a like button on Facebook where I can't 
do a retweet and add a comment or add what I think or anything like that. Those are the kind of things that keep me off Twitter.com. So they can make all the changes they want, but I'm going to still use an app because the functionality I need doesn't exist. And like on TweetDeck, I can just roll over a face and I can do everything I ever needed to do, any piece of functionality I can imagine uh, just by rolling over that one face. And I'm, I can pretty positive without even seeing the new TweetDeck, I mean the new Twitter, uh, know that that doesn't exist on the Twitter site. So uh, I think new people that don't have any experience with it and don't have the uh, needs that maybe people like you and I do, yeah, sure, it'll keep them there um, in greater numbers. Uh, older people, probably not unless their friends are using it. Uh, for people like me who you know, kind of power users, I don't see it changing my my need to use it. I might on a plane or something, you know, when I want to amuse myself, use the Twitter on site. Well, um, you know, I, I, I hope people stick on page, especially right now, because, well, we need to go to break again. Uh, we need to monetize <laughs> this, uh, this broadcast, of course. So, friends, you're listening to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beamstock SEO. We're joined by Christine uh, Schackinger. Friends, stay tuned. We'll be back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Hey, Joel Com here, and I want you to hear something. That's my ka-ching button, and it's the universal sound of success. Sounds good, doesn't it? How would you like to hear that ka-ching sound all the time? In my new book, Ka-ching! How to Run an Online Business That Pays and Pays, I lay out a strategy and a plan for you to create your own online success. Get your copy today at kachingbook.com and I'll give you a kaching button for free. All the details are there at kachingbook.com. That's K A C H I N G book.com. How do you choose the right affiliate network to partner with? The answer is simple markethealth.com, where health and wealth connect. Established in 1998, the MarketHealth.com affiliate network allows you to market and promote the world's leading health and beauty offers on the net. Start making recurring income and the highest payouts in our industry. Choose from over 50 of the hottest selling offers, ranging from herbal supplements, skincare, vitamins, beauty products, weight loss, and much more. Sign up for free at MarketHealth.com and start making money today. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics. So you know their SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today. Ecom experts Mondays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Tad Ching. Man, you know, every time I hear that Joel Kahn commercial, knowing Joel, I get this, like, awful image in my head of every time to, uh, uh, you know what, I'm not even going there. Um, but that's a great, I love the Joel Kahn show. I'm so pleased he, too, is part of the Webmaster Radio family now. But back to uh, back to Twitter. Um, Christine, you just dropped a link in um, our Skype chat uh, from Master Bistro, and I'm going to drop it into the Webmaster Radio 
Anchor.fm chat room so that everyone else can share it. And this was the article where you have where you read Biz Stone saying the new Twitter inter- interface was not designed for profit, but it you know kind of lends itself to advertising revenue opportunities. Like, who's he talking to? Is he talking to the users or the shareholders there? Like, how many sides of his mouth can Biz talk out of anyway? I know. It's kind of a doublespeak at its best, isn't it? <laughs> Hey, you know what? The man, the man is well trained, and uh, you know one of the nice things. One of the nice things about being in the position that uh, that that he's in is uh, he's seen the other great social media entrepreneurs step in it before him, and he's you know I guess he's learning how to uh, avoid saying pretty much anything. But I guess that kind of happens when you when you get uh, talking in 140 characters or less, eh? <laughs> Well, it, it's funny in, in reading it and, and hearing about it. It reminds me a lot of uh, of Matt Cutts coming out and saying, "Well, there is no sandbox, but there might be algorithmic functions that look and act like a sandbox." Well, <laughs> okay, if it looks like a duck and it talks like a duck, then it's probably a duck. We all have to understand. You know... have to monetize it. It's not a bad thing. I don't even know why you would come out and say it's not geared for it. It it should be. If it's not, it's not sustainable. If it's not sustainable, I don't want to use it. So just come out. Tell me we're gearing this thing to monetize. We're going to start shooting some ads your way. We'll try not to bother you too much with them. Uh, and, 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 you know, that'll give us some money to make an even better experience for you. I mean, Google, you know, Google's been doing so it, I, doing I, it in spades. So you can't blame these guys for, for giving it an effort, too. So I want to I ask you, uh, I want to ask you, Christine, um, over at your, your website, siteswithoutwalls.com. Oh, no, uh, no. <laughs> Well, how much, um, how much assistance or um, uh, hand-holding do your clients need when it comes to use of the social media? I just say you no. Know, um, my website's one of those cobbler doesn't have their own pair of shoes kind of things. <laughs> Hun, everyone, everyone's like that in this industry. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a, it's decent enough, but I really rarely have time to work on it because I have so much work um, without the website. But uh, anyways, um, with the Twitter, a lot of handholding. Um, most. Um, most clients don't understand it. They don't understand the use of it, and they don't understand how it can be beneficial for business. So I usually have to walk them, sit them down, and walk through at least two or three sessions, like go through a setup with them and the basic idea of Twitter, um, and then uh, how to use Twitter, how to be conversational and engaging. I kind of liken it to a party, though. You know, when you go to a party, um, you know, you don't want to be the guy handing out his business card to everybody, and you don't want to be the one who's in the center of the group talking about something no one has any interest in. So you want to be the one that, you know, listens and engages and talks to people about what they're interested in and then interjecting your own stuff. And they seem to get it at that level, but it still usually takes them a couple months. Well, you know, every every new client, everyone who's new to Twitter starts at ground zero. They have no followers or probably not following a lot of people yet. What's your advice to uh, to newer Twitter users to, you know, building their communities, build, building out that followers list? Uh, and again, you can't do this on the Twitter website. I do it. I tell them whenever I, I have a client is to go ahead and in TweetDeck or whichever tool they want to use. I usually just advise TweetDeck because that's what I use uh, to set up columns of um, things they're interested in. So news, um, maybe whatever industry they're in, and to look through that content when it comes through and to, to retweet it, to comment, to engage with those users, and then uh, to use the hashtags that are popular. Um, to you know, to get into the conversations on a on a broader level, so that that way they're able to um, 
to start engaging with people. And once you start engaging with people, it takes a while, I found, to get like, sort of like when you're making money, right? To get to your first hundred, to your first five hundred, to your first thousand. Those are big milestones. And then sort of when you hit a certain point, you just start to add people on a daily basis. So uh, my, my followers are up around, I think, around 4,300. About 4,300. And I just every day there's about another five or ten. But when I started, it took, you know, weeks to get to the first hundred. Okay. Now, how do you know that you're um, actually making an impact? How do you know that... Uh people are listening what 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 is an effectiveness me uh, metric to you well I think that's really hard to say right because the goals for people and why they tweet are so different I don't actually have a personal goal for twittering so for me it's just are people interacting with me are they retweeting the things I think are important um, you know much different than someone who's doing business uh, I check my cloud score I'll be honest you know I go and, and see what that is it's it's pretty good so that makes me feel positive <laughs> Because um, I think it just is at like a 45 now. And uh, that measures your influence across different levels. And then uh, I just basically, for me, it's just engagement. You know, are, are the people that I like to talk to talking back to me? And the people that I like to see on my stream, are they there? So that's kind of how I gauge whether I'm, you know, talking about things people want to or not. And sometimes, you know, I get on a rant about something and I know no one's going to tweet back, and that's okay too. <laughs> I think uh, you know we're 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 doing it again. We're seriously butting up against the uh, 3 p.m. mark or the uh, noon mark on the Pacific Coast. We uh, I have so many more questions to ask you, but I'd be I'd be seriously negligent if I didn't ask for an update on what's happening with uh, with Iran. Um. So that's a rough one. Uh, to be honest, I I only tune in when there's major events going on. Because there's just so much all the time, you know, there's the prisoners there still being kept. Though they did have the uh, hiker that was just released, um, the American, the three Americans who crossed over the border. Mm -hmm. uh, her, she, I believe her release was secured for half a million, well, uh, but the two others are still in, in jail. Let's um, all, all think good thoughts for them, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the The... The, what they're saying is that they crossed over an unmarked border and weren't aware, and so they've been in prison for, oh, I believe it's over a year now. Um, and the prison conditions in, in Iran are horrendous. And then most of the prisoners you read about on Twitter are the ones that are, you know, being political prisoners. Um, and they're starved, tortured, beaten. Um, you know, it's a pretty horrendous situation on a human rights issue. Because the protesting that they did was just completely peaceful. You know, this is people that are just walking down the street or had just dissension in their comments or in what they were writing. Um, so it's a, it's a pretty tragic. Absolutely. And, uh, well, I've uh, I thank you for this uh, about a billion times over. I think I thank you for this every time I see you in person and every time I speak with you on the radio. And I'm going to have to do it again. You've, um, as far as I'm concerned, you've done the cause of democracy and the cause of human rights. Um, you and the, 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 the folks you were working with. I don't want to take credit away from, from them as well, but what you did, girl, it's humbling. It's, uh, it's, it brings tears to my eyes as an activist. Oh, well, thank you so much. And there's still people that sit there every day. I watch what goes on, but I just, I, I can't be involved like I was at 20 hours a day, but whenever there's something major that comes up, I get back into the stream. Um, in the meantime, I just watch and see. Uh, that's what I mean by TweetDeck. I can watch this all the time. 
and see what's going on and see what's happening. So that's what I do. Okay. Well, uh, I'm afraid we have to leave it at there, Christine. Um, it's always delightful talking to you. It's uh, you're, you're a wonderful person. Now, but, you know, I got one more question for you. Where do we <laughs> see you next? Are you going to be in Chicago? Are you going to be at um, AFCON 2010 Florida happening in uh, Fort Lauderdale at the beginning of December? When do I have the pleasure? When do I next have the pleasure? Oh, I'm not going to be either of those. I'll be at Blog World um, just attending uh, just because it's here in Vegas. And then I'm speaking at PubCon. Um, and then I'm not sure after that. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm attending the big affiliate convention here in, uh, in Vegas in, I believe, January. And I'd love to make it down to Florida, so we'll see if that's a possibility or not. Well, actually, you know what? I'm, this, this, this is totally a self-serving plug, but if you can, AFCON 2010 in uh, Fort Lauderdale is going yeah. to be a great show. It's um, I, I, I recommend ev anyone who's involved in the affiliate marketing or the search marketing world, um, you know, check it out, especially if you live north of the 49th or anywhere approaching the 49th because it's awfully cold at the beginning of December. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so, you know, I, I got my plug in. Feel good about that. Um, Christine, thank you so much for joining us on Web Calls You today. Again, it's it's always a pleasure. Thank you so much. You know, I always love talking to you guys. Oh, we love you too. <laughs> uh, friends, that was, uh, that's Christine uh, Schackinger from um, Sight Without Walls, uh, based out of Las Vegas, and honestly, based uh, pretty much everywhere around the world, being a social media and search marketing expert that she is. Um, you're listening to webmasterradio.fm. This is the, web call, the tail end of the Webcology Show, which can be heard on webmasterradio.fm every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. You can uh, pick it up from the webmasterradio.fm archives if you were unfortunate enough to miss the live show. And you can always find it on iTunes Radio or in the iTunes repository or any fine podcast distribution service out there. Stay tuned to webmasterradio.fm. There is an affiliate marketing insider uh, rerun being um, coming up next. We're not quite sure if Vanessa's going to be making it in for office hours, but she's a very dependable person. And um, you know what, Dave? I have no idea what we're talking about next week, but I can guarantee it's going to be fun. It is indeed. I look forward to it already. But uh, search marketing changes too much to know this far in advance. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. For the listeners' sake, we kind of make it up as we go along. But then again, that's how we're doing it in the industry. And, folks, we got to go. This is the end. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. You've been listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. Stay tuned. we got great content coming up on the network. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>